Boom, coming in hot on a Friday, Chinch. How we doing, brother? I'm good, dude. I got a question for you with your all, you know, your mental performance <laughs> stuff and all that Wait. kind of stuff. I think this will actually yeah. be a good question for uh, young athletes and parents of athletes, okay? Dude, okay. I'm starting to obsessively weigh myself. Right. I remember a couple weeks ago you told me you're like, do not weigh yourself every day. Right. I want to ask why. So yesterday, this is what bothered me. So yesterday morning I weighed myself and I was like a couple pounds over where I want to be. And then, like, later in the afternoon, I weighed myself, and I was, like, a pound less than I want to be. And I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah. and, I, I, like, I, I obsessively have been weighing myself. You think that's a bad idea? Well, I mean, it depends. You know, I think if you're, if you're um, doing it because, uh, yeah, it's like, oh, man, uh, uh, three pounds. Because, dude, it, it matters. Like, when you wake up in the morning, you're going to be less than you are in the afternoon or the night is when your body gets some inflammation, um, your body is, you're eating, you're, you have obviously food in you, your digestive tract starts working. So it's going to be three pounds, probably either way sometimes. So if you do weigh yourself, you want to make sure you're weighing yourself consistently at the same time every day. So if you wake up in the morning, weigh yourself every morning. I, I, I'm, I am a believer of whatever you measure improves. Like when I measure my sleep every night, like I become a really good sleeper because I measured for the last year and a half. So right. like I'm becoming a really good sleeper when I eat, what time I eat, all that stuff. I think the biggest thing, I don't weigh myself, and a biggest thing I like to feel is, like, how I feel. You never weigh how yourself. I, feel. I mean, I... I mean, you I, look great. I, you're I, in, like, the best shape of your... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm... better yeah, than playing you, shape, to be honest, I, I would say. You're welcome I was that. stronger as a player, though, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm in better shape. Like, I'm... A, I'm I like, I look... You know, I'm... I'm feeling good I'm, you look sexy I'm, you look very sexy i could see you could see my abs which that's the first time in my whole life Amazing. you can see them which is incredible but i'm saying like when i was playing dude I, I i wasn't eating as great as i am now but i could bench 350 i could squat you know you're just at a different level you're in your 20s and you know i'm in my 40s now obviously but i think the biggest thing is that somebody wrote brian panuzzo wrote something good the other day our buddy you know he's a killer too but relentless consistency so like i feel like dude if if you want to weigh yourself to just see what's going on me once a week. I don't know to measure yourself and see how you're doing, but I'm big on how do you close fit? And I'm big on like, like how that. do you feel, dude? I love like, that. Instead of weighing yourself, like, how do you feel? What's your energy look like? What are you doing? What's your eating window? Like there's, there, there's a whole thing, you know, where they talk about your circadian window for like, for eating. And they say, if you could keep it to like eight hours, you know, no more than 12. Like, so, so by the first right. time, Chinch, the first time you take anything other than water, your clock starts. So like today, I got up early with the girls, but I just drank water till 9, 9 a.m., knowing that I like to do it in like a 10-hour window. So even 8 to 10, 8 is the best. So from 9 to 5, if I eat from 9 to 5 or drink whatever I want from 9 to 5, bam, there's my 8-hour window. I could stretch it to 10, which will be 7. Mm. That means last bite of food, last bite of drink, 7 o'clock before bedtime. Dude, if you start doing that. I like that. that. That's kind of what I do already. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah, the other because, thing I do? I, I'm yeah. really into like metabolism boosters. So like yeah. when I have coffee in the morning, I put a scoop of uh, cinnamon in it. Apparently that. Good. Yeah. I do that. Great. Or like mid-afternoon. I'm not a up. scoop. You don't put a whole scoop, do you? Or just a couple no, dashes? No, no, not a scoop. A couple yeah. dashes. But like, damn, big, you like big holes. coffee? No, yeah. the worst is when you finish it. Like, I actually have some in here right now. The last sip sometimes, if I'm not paying attention, there'll be that, like, crud on the bottom. Of, and I'll, I'll go like this, and I'll be like, <laughs> you ever see the girl who tried to do the cinnamon challenge? Which is oh, like, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, she blew it out. That happens to me every once, <laughs> like, once, like, every two weeks when I put a little too much in and there's a little oh. too much in the last sip. Um, 
Wait, there was something else I had for you that I thought you would appreciate. Weight lifting. Ah, eh, whatever. I think we got it. We got it down. That's good, dude. I I I I, I drink a green drink every morning oh. too. And sometimes if you don't whip it up good enough, dude, you'll you'll take a sip. And I'm I'm sure people out there do the same thing. You do like like the athletic greens. Yeah. You take a a sip and it, it's like a huge clump of it in there. You got ah! oh <laughs> terrible. Hey, I got a question. This is the last part of this. Where yeah. do you gain weight? I gain weight here and in my yeah. gut. That's those are the yeah. two spots. Like I have absolutely no butt. It's flat yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. At my age, it's just, it's like, it's over. it goes it's straight over. down. It just goes straight down. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> but, but if I, I gain weight in my in gut and my face. Yeah. 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 Me too. I think most people do. My, I'm get my love handles and my face. Yeah. I don't get love handles. I just get like a, like a pouch, like second trimester style. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on. Hey, a lot of good stuff. Mookie Betts. He's just had another kid. It's all great. Yeah. Tried to get to the ballpark on time, didn't last night. But guess what he did? He played shortstop and made know, a sick double play, turn six Dude. three double play by himself. And also, too, he's the one guy that could play wherever he wants. You know, because we talked about how good of a bowler he is. He's good at everything. Like Mookie Betts, one of those guys. Oh, he's just good at everything. Like John Smoltz. You know, like Mookie Betts came up as a short. I think it was drafted as a shortstop in 2011. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Shortstop second then, base. He was a middle infielder. I don't know if he ever played. I mean, he might have played his first year in the Myers at short, then played second, and then it was so good. Like, we got to go figure it out because Bedroy is there moving to the outfield, and now he's one of the best outfielders. But, so dude, cool. he turned that two like it was Woo! He turned two like it was no big deal. Up the middle to his left, bam, glove side. He looks like it, Larkin. He looks kind of like Larkin. Jump throws it. Yeah. yeah. Incredible, man. Very cool. Very cool. So and, and Chinch, Chinch, it's fun for dudes, man. For for guys, it's 162 games to mix it up every once in a while, play a new position is like that's fun for those guys. Amazingly, yeah, you never ever played any other position other than DH or first base in a major leagues, huh? Even I in the minors. When you were a kid, did you play any other positions growing up? Like figuring sure, out I played a little bit a little bit of third. Dude, I played short. I played short like in like rec ball. What? In like yeah, yeah, like you know, like when you're playing in the in the league. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was played short. And then we go to we go to travel ball. I played first, but no, I mean, I played one time in Boston. I was there, you know. I came in as like a guy off the bench, right? So the media's around me one day, and they're like, "Hey," they're like, you know, one guy just was like, "Hey, Rob," I think it was like Rob Bradford was like, "You know, could you play, you know, outfield if you had to?" You know. Huh. And I was thinking, could you? I think I honestly think I could, and I think I could have played third if I had to. I almost played third a couple games with the Reds, um, because I used to take ground balls over there every day. I used to take ground balls at third and ground balls at short with Larkin. I, mm. I became such a, I became such a better first baseman, bro. By fielding grounders of, at a, because of Lark. Yeah, Lark, dude. When I first got to the big leagues, I was I was a good, I was a decent first baseman. I was very robotic though, you know, right left pick it up, right left throw. Everything was a. And Lark was fun. Like came up to me one day. He's like, "Hey, man!" I and I tell my kids this. Like, if you ask my kids, what's three pieces of advice your dad had, get, had given you in your in your life that you remember? One of them, there's no doubt, 100, percent they would say, "Be an athlete." Mm. I always say to my kids, "Be an athlete," even when you're doing anything in life. Just be an athlete, dude. Figure it out, right? Um, and Larkin would say to me, "Hey, man." you got to be an athlete out here. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, dude, if you got a ball to your right, he's like, throw it from down below. He's like, throw it on the run. He's like, play through the ball, spin throw. Like, and so he's like, what I want you to do is I want you to come over to short after you're done taking your grounders, take some ground balls with me. So I did, dude, I take my grounders at first, million grounders. I go over Lark and short. I still have Juan Castro. Thank you, Juan. <laughs> Gave me your glove back in the day. I got Juan Castro's glove. I went over there and bro, I would take, 
balls are short with Juan Castro, who's one of the greatest defensive player I think I've ever seen in my life. Juan Castro, Lark, and every day, dude, we'd work on turn and two. I would do everything they did. Charge the ball on the run, uh, backhand flips, you know, uh, pivot with the throw. So then I went over to, went over to first, man. I swear, after I started doing that, my my game at first base went to another level. It really did. Like, like footwork on, and everything, I'm sure. Dude, and, 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 and here's another play. One of the plays I remember big time was that play to my right. I started learning to really get around it, play through it with a flip, right? And mm. the other play was on the bunt, bunt defenses. Man, the guy tried to get a bunt down. I was charging hard on a backhand. Bam, get the guy at third. Like stuff that I had never really done. Like, a slow, like, like a slow grounder to short. You get that same mechanics that you've been practicing and you can exactly, take it to dude. first base on a bunt. That's a great story, dude. Exactly. So, yeah. So, you know, so what I'm saying is that was fun for me. So to do it in the game would have been incredible. I wish I would have, looking back now, I wish I would have had the chance to do it. I think it would have been incredible. But but to see Mookie Betts at short making that play, I mean, that's just fun for him too, as much as it is for us watching it. You know, it's funny you say it was fun. What I love, like, fun drills are very important. Like, when you used to play basketball in like high school or whatever, and you would play knockout, you can still practice your craft. It's, it's great to do, like, skill challenges with a little game involved in it, because then you're not, you're not even, it's almost like an afterthought that you're, that you're practicing and that you're honing your skills, but you can have a fun game with it with people. Like you said, like I, when you say I had fun doing those drills, that's, yeah. that's the key. That's great. If you can have fun working, I, I mean, that's what everybody's golden dream is in their lives, you know? No, no, you're right. And dude, I'll tell you what, when you're playing that many games, you better find a way to have fun. I think that's why you hear all these nutty stories about baseball players. You're like, that guy did that? Pete Harness does a handstand in the shower to clean his butt? <laughs> like, every day? Yeah. Like, he's tr we're, like guys are just trying to figure out stuff to make each other laugh and to have fun because it's such a long year, and it, it, it sometimes gets so monotonous that, like, you watch guys do something like this is some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen. It's like, yeah, we're going crazy and we just want to have fun. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're, we're going to have super fun right now. Cause I, I've told you this. I'm like, Hey, Pete Alonso just, just kind of moved up in a record books for the Mets. 155th Homer as a Met. He is now yeah. fifth all time, but I don't even care about that. He's great. Dude, we that's, love dude, that's but, but what's incredible <laughs> okay, is yeah. man. That's what I mean. When you look at a guy like Pete Alonso, we think he's so young. Hmm. And you think, because I think the number sometimes we get as fans is 500 homers, 400 homers, 600. No, he's got how many homers change? He 155? has 155 homers as a New York man. And, he, and he's what, fifth all time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you think about P the Piazzas, the Daryl Strawberry. Strawberry, you know, Wright, Piazza, Howard Johnson, and Pete Alonso. That's a okay, crazy dude. good that, list. But that's what I'm saying. That's crazy how quickly, you know, 155 homers is a ton of homers, guys. A ton of homers. You're talking about the Mets. You're talking about all the history. Like, he's fifth all time. It's, it's just pretty cool. Yeah. So, I have way more fun stuff to talk about. And you Reds fans better turn up your volume right now because I said to Sean, I go, hey, are you in a record books at all for any of the Cincy stuff? And I will say this. I'm going to tell you all. This is how humble he is. He did not know. He really didn't know. And so, we started looking right before we came on. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to stop. <laughs> Let's do this on the air. Here we okay. go, Reds fans. And I know you guys like Dimitri are listening in too and everything. Guess who is number seven all time in Reds batting average? Sean Casey. 
Let's go. What, 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 three, Pete I Rose know what is three, fifth. 305. Who are the other guys ahead of us? Okay. Ed Roush. Yep. Jake Beckley. I don't know who yep. that is. He only played three hundred thirty nine games. You don't count, Jake. Sorry, yeah, okay. you're out, Jake. Bug Holiday, who I would like to have a beer with. I mean, when did he play? 1897? Yeah, yeah. He probably had a black and white photo. Ernie Lombardi. Pete yep. Rose, five. Pat Duncan, six. Sean Casey, seven. Guess who's eight? This is a good one. Hal Morris. Hal Morris. Very Hal Morris. similar type hitter Raked. to you. The snake yes. raked. Ken Griffey Jr. Niner. Okay. No, no, Ken Griffey. Oh, Ken Griffey Sr. You're right. Ken I'm Griffey sorry. Senior. I apologize. Ken Griffey Sr. Mr. Yeah. Griffey. All right. Yeah. Where do we want to go next? I'm going to go doubles. Wait. No, let's go hits. Okay. You're not going to have more than Pete Rose. He's no. number one. Larkin. Well, uh, let, me, let, me, let me guess where I'm at. That's a, this is a good one. Yeah. I don't even know how many I had. No, I had over a thousand. As a as a red, now remember everybody, Sean played for multiple teams. As a red, you had one thousand two hundred and twenty three hits. Yes. There's some legit dudes ahead of you on this list, I gotta say. You wanna well, know your I'm, number? I'm, you wanna I'm, know where I'm, you were? I'm twentieth. Dude, you're twenty first, which is kind of ironic because that's your number. Twenty first. Let's go. That's pretty interesting, right? I love it. Pete Rose won, obviously. He had he only he had three hundred three thousand three hundred fifty eight homers <laughs> or hits as a red as a red. And he dude, didn't that's just play for the Reds. That's an that that that's probably top ten of all time overall. No, that's incredible. Yeah, I know it's incredible. How about Lark number two with twenty three forty? Wow. Concepcion three. Uh, some weird you know some black and white photo guys. Votto's five. Bench six. Tony Perez. How many does Votto have? As a Cincinnati Red, it's the only team he's ever played for, right? 2093. Yeah. So he's got 2093 hits, I would assume, overall. Okay, what else? where else do we want to go? What, what do you want to look at next? This is so much uh, fun. Let's, OPS, is the, OPS is, the big, is the big one. Okay, OPS. This is big. Let's see how good Sean Casey was. You know, I, I say, is it, it's incredible because the Reds are the oldest franchise ever. Yeah, this, this is, is, this is, is kind like, of fun. Yeah, no, this, this is actually like, makes this actually makes me feel good. You should about myself. Yeah, send send this episode <laughs> to your kids and be like, guys, okay. you know, I tell you yeah. this stuff all the time. Just freaking, I was pretty <laughs> damn good player. This is maybe the most impressive stat. You are tenth all time in Reds OPS. Ten, wow, dude, all time. You ready? Here's here's some names. I'll throw some names. Okay. Frank Robinson one, <laughs> right. Joey Votto right. two. How about this? Adam Dunn, three. Wow. Dunn got on base, and he hit homers, man. There you go. Joe Morgan, four. Eric Davis, five. Ken Griffey, (laughs) senior, I believe, six. Maybe it's junior. I don't know. It says center field. Senior didn't play center. Yeah, he did. No, junior did. Yeah, senior? Uh, Senior didn't play center. Uh, That's junior. We can Google it. We can ask uh, who's the great uh, Reds PR guy. Maybe I'll email him. Yeah, Rob Butcher. I'll ask Butcher if it's junior or senior. Seven, George Foster. Eight, Ted Klesuski. Nine, Ed Roush. Ten, Sean Casey. That's wow. like a freaking Hall of You're How'd you not make the Hall of Fame, dude? You, come on. Dude, there's some, those are some big-time players. Those I mean, are, even, like, I'm looking at that going, Dude, you're in incredible. the top ten. Do you know what your OPS was? If you do, that's kind of weird. Well, I, know, I know I was 814 from my career. I, I, I was probably over that. 834. Over that. It's that one. It's, it's that year you didn't home hit homers for in, in Fenway is probably what dropped yeah, it down a zero, little bit. When I had zero in Fenway, when, when <laughs> that, Terry Francona went that we, yeah. we were at this. Uh, we it was me, Jim Tomey, and Terry Francona. We were at John Hirschbeck's son Michael's, uh, yeah. you know, uh, charity event, and 
Tito gets up there. He's like, well, Case, in front of everybody. He's like, you know, we brought you in for a little power off the bench. You know, we didn't need no power. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. A little power, no power. Okay, what else can we do? Let's do doubles. You got to be on the doubles list, right? I, I got to be on the doubles, man. All right, doubles. Click. Oh, I my God, dude. You're huh? in there. You're in there, dude. You're 13. Am I 13? What, I have 250-something or something. 200. There you 40. go. 256. 256. Number 256 one, doubles. One Rose, two Votto, three Larkin. Dave Concepcion up there. All right, let's do – what should we do? Should we do one more? How about hit by pitches? Were you hit by pitches a lot? No, let's see home runs. Home runs. Ooh. Okay. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Where's the freaking home runs? Hits, doubles, triples, extra. Oh, there we go. Home runs. What do you guess you would be at? I think I'd, I know. I know. I, I remember seeing the stat that I had 118 homers in eight years. You, yeah, you got that one down. I, I don't know. What, what am I, 25th? 23rd. Also All right, 23rd. Extremely I'll respectable. I'll take it. Who's one? Here, let's guess. You know. Johnny. Uh, it's Johnny. One is Frank Robinson? No, Johnny Bench. Oh, Johnny's number one. Okay. Two is, jeez, Joey Votto has 342 homers, and he, dude, he's he hasn't hit homers dude. in like four years. Holy dude, crap. Dude, Cooper, he's on the Cooperstown train. He's a Hall of Famer? Joey. I, I think so. Really do. Yeah. Man, we forget about how good Eric Davis was, right? He's in the top oh, 10 of everything. How many does he have? Homers yeah. as a red. And don't forget, he played for the Orioles a bunch, hit like 1920 a couple of years there. 203 Cardinals. as a red. Wow, that's legit. Lark, 198. Brandon Phillips, man. Remember, he used to hit bombs. Dude, Brandon Phillips had a great he career. He was a player, dude. Cincinnati. I loved he was. him. Hated he Brian Kenny. Second. I don't think there's a human being on the planet who hated who hates Brian Kenny more than Brandon. <laughs> then I know, because you never have him in the top 10. We're like, well, because Brandon he's not Phillips. an analytics guy. He's not an analytics. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. When he didn't make the top 10 list at MLB network, yeah, he would do the, dude, the players watch. Oh, they sure the, do. The, the don't top they? 10 list is top 100. They, they take offense. Oh, I guys take offense. I've had, I probably would have, I would have too. Dude, I I've had people like baseball players, like when like one of you guys are around a field somewhere, like all circle or whatever, like, hey, this yeah. is a uh, chin. She's a producer at Monday night. I've had guys like just turn and look at me and go, you leave me off the top 10 list. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. Dude. I, but dude, they some guys get real red ass on that. Dude, I got the same thing. I go cover guys. I got, hey, man, we get an interview. He's like, you didn't have me on the top 100. I was like, what's that have to do with the interview? And I, I was like, I don't. I, yeah, I you, like, we have nothing to do with it. It's the it's the research guys in the back. Yeah. We have nothing to do with the top 100 list. Yeah, it's very Don't kill the messenger. No, I'd it, be pissed though too if I was a player. Mm. I'm not in the top 100. I ain't doing an interview. Well, dude, especially change. especially dude, some of the guys like in contract years, they would get oh, yeah. super oh, red ass over it because I know. it's like well, because you can use it in arbitration or a contract. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. All right, uh, one more story. We're going to talk about a. Yeah, a child who is now a man whose dad was one of the bigger men ever. Bobachet yeah. killing it, bro. Well, we used to. Ch- I used to change Bobachet's poopy diapers back in two thousand when he was with <laughs> some amazing. When he was with the Reds, amazing. And I'm not kidding you. Yeah. Um, my ex-wife Mandy used to literally babysit. They'd be like, oh, "We're going to the game. Can you babysit Bo?" And she'd be like, "Yeah, no problem. Babysit him." You know. So, like I said, that's yeah. a real fact, dude. This guy, listen, brother, Bobachet. I really feel like the best thing, sometimes the best thing that can happen to, to us in life or in baseball is struggle, right? Is, is just that struggle because it forces you, what, you know, the only time you get real change is when you get disturbed. When you get disturbed, you're forced to kind of go inside and figure out, I'm either going to figure this out or I'm not. 
I felt like Bo Bichette really had a below average year last year. Mm-hmm. And then he became the best player in the, one of the best players in the game in the last two months, carried the blue Jays into the postseason, absolutely raked. And he's still doing it. Had a great spring training. He's come out the gates here, absolutely firing and getting better on, on, on a lot in a lot of different ways. When, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things they talk about is, Hey, this guy swings too early. His chase rates, you know, he's, he, you know, he's, Swinging at first pitches all the time. He doesn't have plate discipline. Well, now he's still swinging at first pitches, but a lot, le- a lot less than he has been in his career. And he's swinging at more strikes. He's driving the ball more, dude. No one, there's might not be a player in the game that drives the ball to right center as a righty as good as Bo Bichette. So yeah. we're seeing Bo Bichette go to absolute another level, and not only huge for you know, his, uh, for the blue Jays, but for that team and for him personally, as far as like getting that big deal, hopefully here soon. Yeah. Two, two responses to that. The first one, if you haven't listened to our conversation with Dante Bichette, yes, the, the dad, go listen. I apologize in advance. We sucked back then. The audio kind of sucked. He was in like the hallway of a hotel, but he did give right. us great insight. <laughs> Part two. It's funny. You say, you mentioned that like with the adversary stuff, I, I was talking to a, 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 an executive today, somewhere else who, you also know initials J E, right. and it, it's funny we were talking about getting. You get to the mountain like Bobachet, boom, boom. What was he? Twenty two years old. I'm the he's a starter in the big leagues. You got to the mountaintop, right? Right. I was having the same conversation about like you know some of the other times in my career. It's like getting to the mountaintop does not. It doesn't stop there. You get on top of that building. Guess what? You got to start looking down because everybody's trying to knock your legs out. They're trying to knock your legs out. So, like, right. to, to you reach a goal. This is really good for you with what you do and what yeah. you're talking about. I, you reach that goal. Bam, I did it. I got that job. I have the job now. Here's my title. Here's what I'm doing. Guess what? Now you're just starting, I, in my opinion. Now you're just starting. Because you got there, there's, there's 50 people below you. Think about it. You're a major league baseball player. You did the percentages of how many people actually get to the big leagues. You get to that point, I'm the starting first baseman of the Cincinnati Reds. Guess what? There's a hundred dudes who want to knock you out of that lineup and yep. take your job. Can yep. you speak yep. to that a little dude, bit? Dude, I Chance, you're just I got the chills. You're firing me up. I'm because, fired up about it. Dude, <laughs> I, I, it, it fact, and by the way, this is to, this isn't this is business, sports, yeah. anything this you do. This is everything, dude. Yes. This isn't just baseball. I was talking Correct. to Dell Technologies the other day, you know, um, to their company about this same thing. Like, hey, listen. Because they're one of the top companies out there, right? And I said, listen, one thing, one thing you need to know about any industry you're in, any company you're a part of, any profession you're a part of, we always used to say in the big leagues, hey, it's tough to get there. It's tougher to stay. And, the, and so the biggest thing is, how do you stay? you got to continue to grow. you got to continue to improve. you got to continue to get better. When, you know, we, when we talked about Bo Bichette, hey, what's Bo Bichette doing? Hey, man, this guy this year, his strikeouts are 14%. Uh, in 2022, 24%. 2019 to 21, 20.8%. 14% of the time he's striking out. That's a huge difference. That's an that, incremental jump. So what's he doing? He's getting better, right? And so, so it's one thing to get there, another thing to stay, another thing to be an MVP candidate, another thing to be an all-star, another thing to win a World Series. You know, you see what I'm saying? So like the great ones, they're never satisfied. The great ones are relentlessly consistent with their process. They're relentlessly consistent with what they put in their bodies. They're relentlessly consistent with their sleep. They're relentlessly consistent with their working out and they do it 
day in and day out. And that's how not only they get there, but they stay for 10, 20 years. And you talk about the one percenters, the Cooperstown guys, they just relentlessly consist are consistent over a 15 to 20 year period. And that's why they're the one percenters of the greatest people of all time. Yeah, I'll add to that. One of the best quotes that's ever been on our air whatsoever is when we had John Smoltz on and he goes, nobody thinks Michael Jordan's the best because they remember the shots that he missed. They remember the shots that he made because he right. took the shots. And the second part about that, think about it. What makes, I don't care, you can say LeBron, anybody can have those arguments. You know why Michael Jordan was the best? Because guess what? Carl Malone, I got you. Patrick right. Ewing, I got you. Reggie Miller, I got you. Barkley, I got you. Elijah Warren, I got you. Nobody, he wouldn't let anybody knock him off the pedestal because he outworked them and psychologically did the stuff. He's not eating a ham and cheese sandwich. Right. He's eating, you know, the oats and all yeah. that green shit you take in. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and hey, but, that's and, the advantage. And, and, Outworks you. And he, and he overcame. So we've talked about it before, but he overcame the fear of taking that shot mm. because he was he, he preparation and action are the antidote to fear. So he was prepared. He took the shots when no one was looking at him and Kobe and all these LeBron, these guys, but they also took the action when it was time to, when it was time to have the game on the line, they took the shot. Right. And what, the, what does that do? That turns into courage and that kills the fear, right? It kills the fear. Another great one I was talking about too, you're talking about raising your numbers. Bichette's sweet spot rate by season, which means he's barreling balls up. Mm. 33% in 2022, 33.521, 20, 2023, 48.6. Mm. That's a humongous jump. So this guy's getting better and better as the years go, and he's only he's only really kind of, kind of coming into himself. So yeah. I love it, man. It's a great topic. And like I said, it fits everywhere. It fits for all of us as human, as human beings, too. Right. Like, if you're, you know, if, if you're not doing stuff every day to, to have better energy and, and get your mind thinking in a better place, like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, like, that's what we should be doing every day. And that law of integrity, do what you say you're going to do. So I love it, man. Yeah. It fires me up. That's why, that's why I'm throwing it out there right now to Breakthrough Pro. Breakthrough, break, Breakthrough-Pro.com. Come join us. Come join us at BreakthroughPro.com. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about taking your game of life or whatever you are. If you're an athlete, if you're a CEO, if you're a parent, you know, come take our course and, uh, you know, take your game of life kind of another level. Eight weeks. Let's get it on. Or just come hang out with me on Zoom. Let's go. Or in person, whatever you want to. Chinch. Let's end right here. Dude, I'm freaking fired up. I'm going to go do a bunch of bench presses, some push-ups, a couple sit-ups. I'm going to go cut down some trees in my backyard. Let's go. Let's have a good day today. Let's go, baby. Let's go get it. Let's have a great weekend, everybody. Chinch, I love you, brother. And love everybody for listening. Thank you. We'll see you on Monday.